Jesse Blake Sports Report with Jesse Blake. Welcome to the Jesse Blake Sports Report, whether it is your first time here or your last time here or somewhere in between. I appreciate that you are here right now so that we can discuss the lowest rated World Series of all time. So the Texas Rangers defeated the Arizona Diamondbacks in five games to capture the World Series on Wednesday. First and most importantly, congratulations to Texas Rangers fans. This is your first ever World Series and well-deserved. You earned it. Congratulations. I hope you are still celebrating your championship. Secondly, I'm sorry that this was the least watched World Series ever. So the World Series this year averaged 9.1 million viewers over the course of these five games. That displaces the 2020 World Series, which averaged 9.8 million viewers over the course of their games in the World Series. But if we all remember what happened in 2020, that World Series that averaged 9.8 million viewers was during a pandemic and the MLB didn't play a full season. They, They got going like partway through the summer and the World Series actually played at a neutral site that year. You remember the the Los Angeles Dodgers won the World Series that year. And and so it's a little different. This World Series, that's why these numbers are even more depressing uh, than they look on the outset, being only 9.1 million viewers. And Monday's game was also the lowest rated game ever. It averaged 8.12 million viewers for that game. That was game number three. And in comparison, Monday Night Football took place at the exact same time that night. It was the Detroit Lions against the Las Vegas Raiders. And the Lions won that game. Go Lions. They've been fantastic this season. And that game, that NFL game, had an average of 15.2 million viewers, which, you know, you're comparing MLB to NFL football. It's a little different. It's apples to oranges because the NFL is so big. But I think a lot of the reason that it's apples to oranges is because of a reason that Kevin Clark, ESPN uh, podcast host, writer, all things mentioned on Twitter. Kevin Clark said, I don't think the teams are the problem. I think baseball's problem is they can't quickly generate superstars like other sports can. So the casual fan doesn't get hooked as easily. I can't explain why that is. Now, we're getting into a common issue if NHL fans are listening to this right now. You know the NHL has a superstar problem. They are not able to market stars or they haven't had a concerted effort to market stars over the last 30 years and they've watched being on par with the NBA in the 90s to being so far behind the NBA come 2023 and MLB is facing a very similar issue in that you don't have the marketable stars that drive players to the game and and in the ALCS and the NLCS the championship series before the World Series you had a situation where you had two teams the Houston Astros and the Philadelphia Phillies that featured star players. Jose Altuve is a star and a lot of people tune into the Astros just to hate on their players. And the Phillies had a great team with Castellanos and Bryce Harper, who a lot of, a lot of the baseball fan base was getting behind. And you got to the world series. And because those two teams lost two of the most watched teams, you had a situation where the ratings took a dive. And the thing is baseball, their ratings for the playoffs were up 7% year over year over the course of the entire MLB playoffs. And 
In fact, the game seven for the ALCS, I'm trying to find the actual number right here. It was 8.9 million viewers. The Diamondbacks and Phillies game outdrew a large majority of the games two and three of the World Series. Because in those games, you had a team and some players you could really get behind. And baseball's fallen behind in a lot of respects because in the 90s, they had these guys who would drive the conversation. Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, Barry Bonds in the 90s were huge superstars who transcended sports. And they were actual national sports conversation guys. And you had a situation where you had Aaron Drudge and Shohei Itani, but that's kind of where the list ran out. You And then you have these secondary stars, like I mentioned, uh, Altuve and Bryce Harper. But the number of megastars kind of end on one hand. And all of these owners want these fan bases to cheer for the laundry. They want them to cheer for the crest on the front of the jersey and not the name on the back. They want the laundry to be the reason you go to the game. But the, the thing these owners have to learn, the thing the MLB owners have to learn, the NHL owners have to learn, is that to get people to care about the laundry, you got to get somebody wearing the laundry that the people care about. And then eventually they'll care about the laundry and then eventually they'll just care about the sport. And the NBA, if you look at a team like the Clippers and you say they got James Harden, Russell Westbrook, they got Kawhi Leonard. They got Paul George. Are those four guys more famous than any NHL player? Are those four guys more famous than, let's say, every MLB player outside of Shohei Otani? Probably. And that's a serious problem because they've learned, the NBA has, that the way people can care about these games is to have popular players. And once you have popular players, people care about the games that those popular players will play in. And then people will care about the teams. And then people will care about the league. And the NFL has so many guys that people care about. And a large of a large majority of it is, is gambling and fantasy. And the television product is really good. And these quarterbacks are all superstars in their market. And the NFL has an abundance of stars. And it's fantastic to see. And that's how the NFL right now is so popular. And, and okay, people really care about the teams, but they care about the guys on the team even more, and they know every guy. Like as a as a big football fan, there the list of NFL players that you rattle off on, even on the defensive side of the ball. Like it's not even just oh, there's there's stars, and you know about the quarterbacks and the wide receivers, and no, the defensive stars as well as well become superstars in their own right. And the MLB having the lowest World Series rating of all time isn't a doom and gloom situation. It's a wake-up call for them and the NHL need to learn is that superstars are going to drive people to your league so that people care about your league more. You need superstars and you need to market them so that you can gain larger audiences. And not a lot of people care about things like like revenue numbers and TV ratings. You're like, why should the casual fan like me listening to this? Why do I care about TV ratings? Because these things are what drive the league. TV contracts and gate revenue. Like those are the biggest drivers for league revenues. And you want your leagues to grow so that your sports remain popular, so that your teams make more money, so they can invest in more in the teams. And like I care about these sports. I I get it. I I work in the business. I run a uh, I co-run a podcasting company that, that that sports podcasting and and I'm invested in this. But from just the fan side of it, I also care because I want these teams that I care about and these sports that I love to do well. And you want and for them to do well, more people have to care about them and more people have to watch them. 
for baseball to thrive as a sport, more people have to watch baseball. So I think for these leagues and, and the NHL as well, for more people to care about hockey, because hockey is such a great sport, playing it, watching it, for more people to care, the TV ratings have to do well and the revenue numbers have to go up so more people can care about hockey. And you want to see TV ratings go up so more you know more people are caring about hockey. You want to see revenues go up so that more money can be invested back into the sport and and hopefully these leagues learn so that we can continue to grow these games that we love. There's a couple other topics I want to mention real quickly because we are in the sports equinox part of the calendar where all four of the major professional sports in North America were playing at the same time. Now that baseball is done, there's only three of the four, but sports equinox part of the calendar, so much fun. There's so many sports storylines going on right now. I mentioned James Harden. James Harden is a travesty to sports. He's a travesty to pro sports. The man, all he does is quit. All he does is quit on teams. And I don't know how anybody who's a basketball fan is a fan of James Harden. Like, how do you get behind and root for him? I'm such a fan of Kawhi Leonard because of what he did in Toronto. And it hurts me to see him paired with somebody like James Harden, who could not care less about the fan and who all he does is quit on the game. It is an embarrassment. I don't know how Clippers fans feel about this if they're like, Hopefully this time he doesn't quit on another team. You know, he, he quit on OKC. He quit on the Rockets. He quit on Brooklyn. Now he quit on the Sixers. Can he reach the magical five quit? We'll see how long he lasts in L.A. on the Clippers. Other thing, F1 is still going on, still chugging along, even though the Drivers' Championship and the Constructors' Championship are locked up. They're going to be racing in Las Vegas in a couple weeks. I know the Brazilian Grand Prix is this weekend, but in a couple weeks, they're going to be in Las Vegas. And one thing, I'm actually going to be on Tim Haraney's podcast, Nailing the Apex, this Sunday. And I'm going to ask him this question because Las Vegas, people from Las Vegas have been complaining for the better part of a year about how this race is destroying the city and how all of this construction has taken up Las Vegas for this entire year. So many parts of the city, so many parts of the strip, I should say, not the city itself, are being torn apart for this race and i wonder if this is going to be a one-off they've built this giant paddock in on the strip where it's supposed to be like this permanent thing and i don't does it last with the amount of disruption it's done to the strip does the f1 race last past one year in vegas i'm fascinated to see that Speaking of Tim Rainey, he also joined me for an episode of Jesse Versus that's live as of Friday morning on the SDPN YouTube channel. We played F1 on PS5. He's a professional race car driver, so I brought him in for Jesse Versus to see how he could do with a controller in a video game, which he's never played before, which it's such a good watch. If you get some time on your Friday, check it out. It's on the SDPN YouTube channel. Just search up, search up Jesse Versus on the channel you'll see um the whole playlist and you can go back and watch all of them I actually have a jesse versus that released on wednesday with steve dangle where we had a floorball accuracy challenge in the basement of sdpn studios go watch that as well actually i'll link to the playlist in the description of this podcast to make it super easy for you other thing this podcast comes back to you on sunday around 1 p.m eastern that is because at 9 30 a.m eastern i'm going to be watching dolphins chiefs they're going to be in Germany. I'll be watching it at home. They're going to be in Germany. But I'm going to do a reaction to that game because, oh, man, that game is going to be fun, I hope. I think we're in for such a great game. And the NFL, there's, this is what I'm talking about. There's not enough time in the world to talk about everything and to, to, and to dissect and watch everything because the NFL has been fascinating this season. 
Oh my God, the amount of storylines. So Chiefs and Dolphins, Dolphins best offense I've ever seen since the Rams of the early 2000s. Can their defense play enough defense to get them uh, deep into the playoffs? We'll see. I don't know. Also, can the offense always click? Because sometimes the offense gets turned off and where the hell is Jalen Waddle? Like, get him involved. Does Patrick Mahomes have enough weapons? Like, did the Chiefs get rid of all of Patrick Mahomes' weapons and now he's just stuck with Kelsey and he's really struggling? And I don't know if the Chiefs are the Chiefs anymore based on this. I think they're going to sneak up on some people and still be the Chiefs, but we'll see. That is a fascinating one. Then there's this whole cluster of bad quarterbacks right now from like Zach Wilson, Kenny Pickett, to Will Levis. I mentioned those two because I watched them tonight. And Josh Dobbs is now the quarterback of the Vikings. And there's just so many bad quarterbacks in the league. And its I don't think I've ever been alive during a period where there's so much bad quarterbacking throughout the NFL. And it's fascinating to watch amongst the other top teams. The San Francisco 49ers, what happened? I have a bet, an active bet on the San Francisco 49ers to make it to the Super Bowl. And I thought I was laughing they were going to steamroll their way through the nfc maybe they'll get caught by the eagles we'll see and then we get this we get the 49ers and brock purdy falling apart the last couple weeks oh it's fascinating to watch we'll see how that one plays out and the eagles who i mentioned they're probably number one in my nfl power rankings right now because nothing seems to be stopping the eagles jalen hurts and that tush push is going to tush push their way to another super bowl we'll see how that plays out and I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. So, uh, Devontae Adams not getting traded. Like, that man is so unhappy. Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo couldn't hit the ocean with a football if he was standing at the edge of California. Like, oh, baby, does his accuracy suck. And I feel so bad for Devontae Adams, who just stuck there, out there in no man's land. There's so many different things. I'll just quickly on the NHL. The, tomorrow, the Steve Dangle podcast, we're going to have a full breakdown of Michael Anlauer owner of the Ottawa Senators, and his torching of Gary Bettman during his press conference. It is so great to see somebody go at Gary in public. The NHL is a joke for the way they run their league, and it is so good to see somebody who was handpicked as Gary's guy go at him publicly. Fascinating stuff. We're going to have a full breakdown on the Steve Dangle podcast on Friday. Make sure you tune in for that. Other thing, the NHL, the San Jose Sharks tonight, they may never win a game. They may go winless this season. The Vancouver Canucks are making me look so good right now. I was very high on them coming into the season. I think they're a great playoff team. I think they're going to do some damage in the West. And thank you, Vancouver Canucks. Thank you, Thatcher Demko. Thank you, Elias Pettersson. You guys are making me look real good right now. I believe in you. Go Canucks fans. You got a good team, I think, this year. Rick Tockett is a fantastic head coach who's getting them to play some real good defense. That's all they needed to play some good, tough hockey. And they're playing it right now. And it's fantastic to see. Jack Hughes might win an Art Ross trophy. I get Connor McDavid is Connor McDavid. He's won it for the last three years. But Jack Hughes is right on his tail right now, leading the league in points. And Connor McDavid is the front runner until he loses it. That's how I'm going to say it. He might just score a million points next game. Who knows? But Jack Hughes looks unreal. Connor McDavid is still the favorite to win it. But Jack Hughes is right there, and he might steal it from him. Devils fans, you got one of the best right now. Um, in terms of other great starts, let's just see. I think I'll just, I'll just end on this. Vegas. Vegas. You have the greatest team that I'm going to pick right now. If I had to pick right now and say, who's going to win the Stanley Cup? 
I would say it would be a back-to-back Vegas Golden Knights Stanley Cup because they are so big and so tough and so skilled and every aspect of their game is done to perfection and it's scary to watch. Like, I don't know how they ever lose games because it's the same team from last year minus one guy and they're just as good. They're just as dynamic and the Vegas Golden Knights, oh baby, they're going to run the table this year and do some damage during the regular season. They're going to be in contention for the Stanley Cup once again. They are a monster to start. That is uh, one of the best starts to the season. Lastly, I said I was going to end on Vegas, but shout out the Arizona Coyotes who are doing some good things. They might uh, be a lot further in their rebuild than we thought. Like we got a competitive Coyotes teams, Coyotes team this year based on the first what. Like 10 games of the season? Have they even played 10 games yet? Based on that, Coyote's looking good too. There's a number of other teams off to a good starts. A lot of teams off to bad starts, but I'll hit that later uh, on different episodes of the Jesse Blake Sports Report. That is it for me today. Thank you for being here. You could have been anywhere in the world which shows me listening or watching this podcast. And I appreciate you for that. I will see you on Sunday after Chiefs, Dolphins. I'm looking forward to that immensely. Good night. From Toronto. And that is how it's done. The Jesse Blake Sports Report with Jesse Blake. Jesse Blake, the guy that likes to hear his name twice in one sentence. Sure, I know him. No, he doesn't have an ego at all.